Hi, welcome to Camila Cava Food Photography Podcast, a place where I interview talents in the industry to extract valuable lessons to help you and myself grow a food photography business. I'm Camila Cava, joined today by US-based photographer and owner of Lush Creative, Alicia Cohen. Alicia took her background in marketing and her passion for colorful, fun and creativity and built a cohesive brand with a unique palette. Today, Alicia's portfolio features work for huge companies like Dunkin' Donuts, Nestle and Unilever. She also boasts a huge following on Instagram and TikTok, with the latter reaching 311,000 followers with 4.5 million likes. Her content features behind-the-scenes tips and tricks, workflow time-lapses and the same bold colors and creative energy that clients love. Join us as we talk about Alicia's career, how she built her brand, her insane social media growth, client workflow, food styling, and much more. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. Thanks for joining. I am so excited to speak to you. So I was just wondering um, if you could tell a little bit about yourself and what you do for the listeners that might not know you. Sure. So my name is Alicia Cohen. I'm the founder and creative director of Lish Creative, which is a content agency for vibrant beauty, lifestyle, and hospitality brands. Um, We create photos, videos, and stop motions for brands big and small all over the world. Awesome. That's fun. And you, I saw you also do like, so still life includes food photography as well, right? Because I saw at least you photograph a lot of drinks. Um, right? Yes. Tons of food, drink, mm-hmm. beauty, lots of food and drink for sure. Lots of alcohol lately with the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah nice. Oh, these are fun always to photograph, I think. So that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long have you been photographing? I've been doing this for about five years. I worked in advertising right after college in a, mm-hmm. at an agency, and then I started my own company. It was five, a little over five years ago. I see. So your own company is Lish Creative, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, because I was wondering, because you have a split between Lish Creative and Alicia Cohen. Yeah. Um, is there a reason for that? Or when did you start which company? Like, what's the story behind it? So there's two account. There's two Instagram accounts because Lish Creative is like my company's account. And then Alishi Lishy is my personal account where I share things about my dog and about my husband and vacation <laughs> and things that it's not all business all the time there. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that's why I have the separation. Lish Creative is more of just a portfolio where clients can go, potential clients, to see more of my work. Like the only thing posted there is work every day, portfolio project. Mm -hmm. So it's not anything personal about my life. So that's kind of why I created two separate things. Right, you wanted to separate. But right now, I think your personal brand is becoming your business um, (laughs) thing itself, right? Because you teach and you show like behind the scenes on TikTok. Yeah. So the personal side is like becoming more of like educational content, whereas like list creative is still just only showing client work. So that's kind of the difference now. Right, 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 right. The split. Awesome. And uh, let's say in um, Lish Creative, um, you work probably in a team right now or not? Or, or are you the yes, sole? I have a small team. Um, it ranges from editor, like I have like five or six different photo editors and retouchers that I use. I have an assistant that helps me in person on site. 
I have copywriter, graphic designer, project manager, email marketing person, Pinterest manager. So I have some of these roles that are remote to help just keep the business running. Um, but I am the primary photographer and stylist. Right. So you work basically basically with freelancers or not like mm-hmm. the people, right? And you yeah. have someone that manages your Pinterest or the brand's Pinterest? My Pinterest. Out of curiosity. Sick. Interesting. Well, so you have is, someone that is, does your Pinterest. It is the Lish Creative, but it is a great way to find clients actually because a lot of brands are on Pinterest looking for photographers and examples of work. So I've, I've uh-huh. heard lately that a lot of people have been finding me that way. Wow. I did not like, I knew that someone perhaps is managing, let's say Instagram, but having like a person specifically managing Pinterest, that is something super interesting. And I never heard about, but very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Pinterest is very important. Yeah. I agree. Right. And it's not something that I really had time for. And the blog is the same way. It was something that was my blog was neglected for years, mm-hmm. um, but it's so important in driving traffic and just getting clients, yeah. building trust and credibility. So now I have a writer that does all the blog Pass. posts and then the Pinterest, Amazing. Person, the Pinterest person puts all the blogs on Pinterest and then she pins all the stuff Sick. on Instagram and TikTok. It all goes on Pinterest. Yeah. So yeah, it's just now it's just getting more people to help get my content out there. Oh, that makes, it makes so much sense because yeah, I don't, I wouldn't even imagine having time for all of that indeed. Yeah. Interesting. And then let's say, but then for, let's say other social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram, do you manage that yourself or you also have a team behind Yeah, that? I'm managing those. Because that also for me is like, how the hell do you have time? Let's say, because you are on TikTok like full time, right? You upload videos <laughs> almost every day or you used to do that. I don't I know was. if you're still doing I've every like day. I've kind of dropped off a little bit. I'm trying to do two per week now. I think that's like, uh-huh. I was like doing two a day. Yeah, exactly. Like, how in the world are you managing that? <laughs> December was like a randomly very slow month for me. I didn't have like a ton of I didn't have a ton of projects lined up. So I was kind of like, all right, well, let me just try to dive into TikTok. And that's really what it was. It just was like the right timing and just like a tiny little slow spot. And I hate being bored and not busy. So I'm always trying to find things like if yeah. it wasn't bad, I would find some other creative project to do. And, <laughs> and I mean, I just jumped in and then it just kind of took off. And so now I'm just mm-hmm. trying to maintain. And I usually batch make videos on weekends. So I really uh-huh. been working all the time. That's how I do it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because otherwise I couldn't imagine how you're managing it. I mean, been five days like shooting for clients and at the same time delivering so much content for social media it's, it seems so yeah and I try to double dip a lot of the time so like if I'm doing a client shoot like for instance yeah. I just posted a TikTok about a lemon garnish and like that was from the shoot that I did so as we're right. doing shoot I'll be like oh wait let me make this into a TikTok. And it's great if I plan that in advance but sometimes it's just on the fly and so like when I look at shot list I'll try to look at it and be like okay of this shot list which of these is going to make for a good TikTok so then that way as we're shooting it for the client we can also grab clips for TikTok so that's kind of how 
I'm being more efficient in that way too. Uh, makes sense. And then the client is okay with that and usually, isn't it? Yeah. It's I mean, extra it's, promotion for them. Exactly. It's like a value add more than anything, I think. If it's a new product or something that's not released yet, I sometimes have to sit on them for a while. Um, yeah. Eventually I'm able to post. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because when I'm when I'm thinking about my client shoots right now, I was not really thinking about let's say making behind the scenes TikTok. Um, I more do it for my portfolio shoots, which is becoming more and more harder to fit in right, all the right. client shoots. So it kind of makes sense to kind of um, yeah combine it. Yeah, you have to. Otherwise, it's just impossible <laughs> to do it all. Yeah, indeed. Nice. Yeah, because your TikTok I saw blew up. I don't know, like how many I wrote it down. Like you have two hundred eighty-one thousand followers on TikTok. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. I think I'm hoping to surpass three hundred this month. Sick. That's, that's so exciting. Oh, yeah. Do you feel like traction in terms of the client work coming? Because one hundred percent. I had a call yesterday with one of the biggest potential clients I've ever talked to like one of the yeah. biggest ones in the U.S. and they found Sick. me on TikTok oh that's amazing so that's it's good really to know amazing. it's working yeah. like it's good to know that I'm putting in that effort and it's doing its job right like people yeah. are seeing it and hiring me so yeah, it's not for nothing right so that yeah. is really nice and it's been good for my course too um yeah with course sales oh that makes sense yeah new audience of people yeah yeah, because you show behind the scenes and then that leads to basically learning more from you, which is um, going towards your course. Yeah, exactly. that makes total yeah. sense. Nice. And does it happen to you right now that um, the clients actually ask you to make TikTok videos or not? Yes, that has been probably just in the last month I've gotten clients, hey, make TikToks for us. And it is a little overwhelming because it's not just a photo. It's not just a stop motion. You know, a lot of them have voiceover and you're picking music and you're doing the on-screen captions and the regular caption. And it's just like a lot of details. So I'm trying to like um, iron out a process for that so that we can mm-hmm. really nail down like a really easy way to do the voiceover, get that right. approved, you know, all the different elements. Um, so I'm thinking have- about making team around it then or not? Making what? Like, are you thinking about um, creating a team around when TikTok um, as well? Yeah, I have so integrate it into my current workflow, I think, mm-hmm. um, is more what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I was curious because for me also the last like couple months or last month, especially indeed, uh, more and more um, clients are coming asking for TikTok videos, which is, I think, something extremely new and exciting and something to grasp. Like, yeah, I think it's so, and, it's, and especially also because Reels is picking up at the same time, so we can use the same content basically for both platforms, and Instagram is really pushing Reels. 100%. I have been, I've been putting my TikToks on Reels like a couple days later, and so yeah. far none of them have quite gotten as much traction as the ones on TikToks because some of my TikTok videos now have like a few million views. Um, mm-hmm. but I did have one last week that's now up to like 400,000 views on Instagram, which is like mm-hmm. completely unheard of for any type of feed posts. And my account, I think my account has grown by 5,000 followers 
in the last couple months on Instagram. Wow. Is, for Insta, that's a lot. Right. For Instagram, like yeah. I hadn't grown in years. So it's really nice wow. to know again that like me putting this yeah. time on TikTok, it's kind of paying off by now being See, on. Yeah. 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 And, and brands really are looking for that. And it kind of reminds me of like when I was first starting and brands were looking for Instagram content and that was like a new thing. Um, I feel like this is like the new frontier. And so I'm hoping to kind of get ahead of that and start creating content for that. Certainly. Yeah. Exciting. It's uh, exciting times, I think. Um, Yeah. Nice. Okay. Let's see. Oh yeah. For the TikTok, I was wondering if um, like, do you film usually um, with your camera or do you use your phone for behind the scenes? Cause I've been using my phone. Okay. But yeah. Why not? Awesome. I don't know. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I could use my camera, but it just seems so much faster. And I've just been editing on my phone as well, which I may start editing on my computer just because it's getting to be a little overwhelming with the amount of files on my phone. <laughs> and I feel like my phone isn't as organized as like my hard drives and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It might be quicker there. So that's something I'm considering. Um, but I use splice on my splice phone. Splice is great. Mm-hmm. Splice is great. It's very easy to use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have time and you want to make a quick video, that's a, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And for clients, do you think you're gonna use also the phone, or do you are gonna are you gonna use camera? Because I still I I can't decide what what makes more sense. Because TikTok is really dirty behind the scenes to me. But on the other hand, you want to deliver like a final good looking product. I think it depends on budget. For mm-hmm. me. Um, the TikToks I'm doing right now, they didn't have like a giant budget. So I'm doing them on the phone and they're looking great. So I think it just depends. Like if the client has a big enough budget and they want it to be like higher level production, I think we'll do it. Right. You let the client basically choose. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Because it's a tricky for me question, to be honest, because I'm still not sure what the, yeah, it's like because you want it to look really good and professional, yeah. you also want it to look more like natural on TikTok. Natural, yeah, like TikTok dirty behind the scenes, as I call, you know, where you just uh, yeah. like quick, you made the video very quickly, like, um, yeah. <laughs> it took you five hours, but it appears that it only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. Because <laughs> otherwise, it looks like a lot of the promotion, and TikTok probably is more like not, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. 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 So that was something I was curious what you think. Okay, interesting. For rest, I also wanted to ask you, because um, like you have this particular style in your pictures, like super colorful. Like I even see now in your background, like you can see like, what does it say? Something with life. It says live life in color. Exactly. So I wonder like, did you immediately start photographing in your own style, like with the very colorful props and colorful backgrounds? Or did you over time discover the style? I have always had a really colorful style. Like when I first started posting on Instagram, it was really just a creative outlet for me. I was working in advertising at the time and the agency that I was working at was run by men and it was very dark, moody, like techie, geeky type of stuff. And that was so not me. Like I just wanted those like vibrant, colorful femininity. And so I kind of went on Instagram and I was posting like, donuts and sprinkles and pink walls and like just the complete opposite of the environment that I was working in every day because that's what made me happy and that's what brought me joy like when I was younger I painted my room orange and 
yellow, like bright colors, you know? So that's just kind of always been me. And I think it's evolved a little bit as far as like the compositions and the lighting and everything like that. But color has really been at the core of everything that I've done from the beginning. Yeah, that makes total sense. So I'm curious, let's say if the client comes um, to you, does it happen that they actually ask you to do completely different style? Like, I don't know, photograph on the marble background uh, or like keep two colors or whatever. And would you adjust your style based on that? Or would you just say then, nope, doesn't fit me? That's a great question. And one that I get often. So I, I like to say that like, Instagram and my website, that's like my ideal client that I'm putting out, right? Like mm -hmm. I put out the type of work that I want to attract back in. And I find that that really works. So like 90% of clients want that style. That's why they're hiring me. The other 10% find me because maybe they talked to somebody who worked with me, or maybe they saw my stuff and just know that, you know, they need a photographer. And a lot of them will ask like, will you work with me? We're trying to target teenage boys. Will you work with me? We're trying to target men, you know? And the answer is always yes, because at the end of the day, we're basing our creative concepts and shooting and everything on the brand and their guidelines. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if a brand, even though I don't love the color purple, if a brand is all about purple and those are their brand colors, those are what we're going to be using in the shoot. So like we just worked for a brand in January that was like very neutral, black, white. So that's yeah. all the props that we sourced were neutral and black and white. So yes, right. very much are adapting to fit our clients' brands. It's just mm -hmm. personally, I have a soft spot for the color. So that's why that's usually what I show. And it does help in bringing in those types of clients, but definitely are able to adapt to whatever. I mean, if it's something that I'm completely uninterested in, like, or something that I think is a scam or something like that, I'll turn those projects down. But um, for the most part, we're able to just adapt and work with them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. If you work in the corporate photography world, I think that's kind of important at the same time. And you learn and develop from both shoots as well, don't you? Like mm -hmm. you learn new things. And, Definitely yeah. like new lighting styles or um, you know, where to source better wood backgrounds and things like that, that you wouldn't need otherwise. Awesome. Cause I saw also that uh, a lot in your, like in your pictures, you have a lot of flat lace and I saw that you also have a course about it. Mm -hmm. Like how is it called? Like save, slay the flat lay? Slay the flat lay. Yeah. That's the name of the course. Um, it's pretty much an all inclusive guide to photography, styling and stop motion and lighting everything that you would need to know to do what I do basically it's taking everything that I've learned in the past five years and putting it into a course it's over four hours worth of instruction and it's really just because when I was learning I'm completely self-taught I didn't go to photography school I didn't have a like degree in that I have a marketing degree and I was trying to find resources right like trying to find how to use manual mode, trying to find how to use lighting or stop motion. And it seems like everything was just in different pieces. Like I felt mm -hmm. like I had to get 10 different courses to get the information that I needed or Google like a million different articles or watch a million different YouTube yeah. videos. So my goal with this course is to really combine everything into one. So it has everything you could ever need to know about this career and so yeah. if you're just starting or if you're more advanced, you can kind of 
pick and choose the different pieces of it that you want to learn about. And it kind of grows with you over time, which is really nice. Like as you buy new gear, you can always reference it. So it's kind of the resource that I never had that I wish I did. And you basically can apply the same knowledge when not only on a flat lace, right? Because you talk about the gear, light and stuff like right, that. Right, right. It's not just flat lace specific. I just think nice. that that is a really fun name and it rhymes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, we, we talk about like straight on setups and model setups a little bit, but it mainly is for products, photographers, mm-hmm. food photographers, bloggers. And stop motions as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. definitely more like an intro to stop motion it's there is like a tutorial where you're watching me do one from start to finish which is really cool oh that's Um, fun so yeah it's a great way to get started nice because stop motion is also i think extremely exciting and i I get at least i get to like asked to do stop motion quite often for my clients they really love it it's like an extra thing you can give them oh Oh my gosh we love it if you can do stop motion, I mean, not only is like you're providing more value to your clients, like you can increase your your profits immensely because you can yeah. charge more for something like that. So yeah, definitely, definitely a good way to increase your earning potential by adding that service for sure. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and um, actually, quick question here, like very direct question that came sure. to my mind when you export your stop motions are you exporting them in mp4 or not for socials yes. yeah MP4. right okay mm-hmm. good yeah because it's like um yeah i always export gif and mp4 but i don't know if anyone will use a gif format because you can't use it for social media anyways so. yeah i just do mp4 and i'll loop it like if it's for mm-hmm. an instagram stories i'll loop it so that it's 12 seconds long yeah yeah okay makes sense that was just out of their question i was very curious which sure. <laughs> nice okay let's see oh yeah okay next food styling because i've seen you've done like a, or set styling overall like do you do that yourself or do yes. you have a stylist on set i do i started as yeah. a stylist actually that was mm-hmm. i knew more about styling than i did about photography when i first started uh-huh. So that's kind of like my bread and butter. I learned that working in advertising. Again, I didn't go to school for it, but I got experience hands-on styling sets for my job in the advertising industry. And I will bring in some stylists if it's like, you know, a huge project so that we can have like dueling sets at the same time so they can be styling. And then, you know, we just switch things in and out. So in those cases, I definitely will bring in people. But for the most part, I'm doing most of the styling. Sick. And how did you learn when styling? Did you intern with someone or you just tried stuff and learned? Or? <laughs> like working that agency job and just trying things on my own on Instagram. It was like complete trial and error. Like I was posting for fun on Instagram, like every single weekend, every night I'd come home from work, style photos, post them for fun. Like Amazing. It was completely just because I wanted to. I don't I don't even yeah. think I had any idea that I'd be able to start an agency at that time. It was just like, oh, this is really fun for me. This brings me a lot of joy. It's like creative. I want to showcase my creativity. And so I didn't really have like an ulterior motive for doing it. It was just kind of natural and people started asking me to take photos for and I was like, okay, and I never said no. You know, I just <laughs> But it Why not? As, yeah. as a hobby and as a passion project that has just evolved over the last That is so years. cool, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Sick. Because you're like, I mean, that, that you learn this all by yourself, especially with food styling. I mean, this is so like specific with food styling. I mean, the little things in there. I mean, really. I mean, you can do anything too, right? So like sometimes if I had have a cocktail shoot, like my first cocktail yeah. shoot or something, like I'd Google cocktail styling tips mm-hmm. and stuff because they're just things that you don't know that you don't know until you Google it and you find it out. Um, right. It took like a couple courses, like really basic entry, like how to do, learn photography, like really early, like five years ago. Okay. So those, those, you pick little things up here and there, but yeah. Uh, trial and error is really where it's at mainly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the job is I tell my assistant all the time that we're problem solvers like that's what we do. Mm. um yeah you know like yesterday we created a jungle scene and had to have plush animals swinging from vines like no way you can't like google how to do that you know so no, yeah it's all just like okay what can we do to suspend this and how can you uh-huh. so it's all problem solving is that coming on your tiktok because i'm very curious how you made the things like the animals you know what? On the that was a moment of like pure just not even thinking about behind the scenes oh god yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and like so behind and trying to get stuff on a deadline and so that was a major fail that we didn't capture no so there's no behind the scenes of that (sighs) no i mean what might happen is like i may get the final video and then show kind of the supplies that we used and stuff like that but no, there were there was not behind the scenes. Yeah, you can create, I guess, some like I use this and this and this to create this or something. But yeah. Fine. So sometimes you can cheat it a little bit, but yeah, we don't have a time lapse or anything of that coming together. I get it though. Like I plan to do TikTok every time when I do, let's say, portfolio shoots, but I keep forgetting, or there's always something missing. I even make like this scripts, and I still forget to film in between i don't know it's difficult anyway yeah it is sometimes well i think the problem yesterday was like i was on a couple calls in between Mm -hmm. and i was like bouncing between my studio and the office my assistant was working on it so Mm -hmm. when i'm in here like all day i'll just have the phone set up on a time lapse so it's capturing it but when i'm Mm -hmm. in and out and bouncing around it's easier to easier to get distracted yeah I get it. So just set your phone up at the beginning of the day. And that way you won't miss anything. Okay. Now about the food styling. So basically you learn the new styling tricks when the shoot comes and then you just start researching online, Googling how to style whatever. And you learn things, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if it's something that I haven't done before, I don't know how to do, but I mean, a lot of it is like on the fly too. I mean, we plan out all the concepts. And we plan out everything. Like, for instance, if I have can balancing on a slice of watermelon, you know, like I'll think yeah. of that. I'll think of how cool that will look visually. Yeah. And and I'll start thinking about how we're going to execute it. But it's really just I come up with the idea first, figure out how to do it later, basically. And then, but then shoots like that probably take quite some time because you have to, like if you balance the can on a watermelon, you have to like make it all like a whole setup and probably things holding things some, I don't know. 
Yeah. I mean, we use a lot of acrylic blocks that help things go really quickly. And my retouchers are amazing. So, oh, nice. you know, we'll have like skewers and they'll be able to edit those out or fishing line yeah. that we can edit out. We do a lot of prep work. So probably at least a whole day of prep work before a shoot. Right. We're like lining sense. out up all the props. Like if anything cut out or set up, we're doing all that in advance so that we can move quickly on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. And how many, like, just out of curiosity, because again, I'm jumping from one to the other, but sure. how many shots in a day can you make for a client, let's say? Yeah, like in general, how many are you planning usually? If I'm by myself, like yeah. during quarantine when I was completely by myself, didn't have any assistant or anything like that, it was like around 10, so not a lot. But when I have people helping me, that can become 20, 25 in a day, especially if we do mm-hmm. a prep day before. So that's still quite a lot. Yeah, so that, that's, that, that's good, I think. Yeah, that's, that's really kind good. of what I shoot for when I have enough help. Hmm. <laughs> but if I don't have enough help, I mean, like yesterday, I think we only did like seven because they were super, right. super involved. Like every single shot had fishing line and giant like it was bigger than a tabletop they were like giant Mm -hmm. like environments of like an ocean and a jungle and stuff so (laughs) so they'll still seven for something like that that sounds pretty good as well unless the product was like not that difficult no it was was they were giant stuffed animals (laughs) (laughs) i prefer smaller though i like I'm like, you know, I think I'm good with like sticking to things on a tabletop. I think that is more in my comfort level. So it's easier. But it's fun to stretch yourself sometimes too. It's like, I always like after the fact, I love like how those like larger sets turn out and like it's fun to do something different. But during it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much harder than what I usually do, you know? Yeah. Oh gosh. No, I didn't. I, I don't think I ever shot like a big subject. Well, besides person in the beginning, when I was still not sure what I'm going to photograph. I tried yeah. a lot of things in the beginning. Oh, really? Before I re- yeah. When I realized that, okay, we're sticking to food. Food is picking up. So it doesn't move. It doesn't talk back. Sounds good to me. <laughs> exactly. It's easier to deal. With. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Okay, well, last thing about food styling, so we're coming back to the food styling thing, sure. is, um, let's say, I, okay, I, how I found you is, of course, because of food styling, I saw amazing TikTok videos, TikTok is how I find uh-huh. you, found you, and one of the things that I really liked was about the thick yeah. ice, because you have, like, it was crazy, like, you, you compare a couple different thick ice, so I was just wondering now to ask you, which one is your favorite? Do you indeed prefer, like, that expensive silicone yes. block? Or the self-made, like, silly glass solution? Yeah, better, so the or... the pre-made block, I'm pretty sure that is a silly glass solution that you just buy really? made, pre-made. Um, right. So, I mean, that one honestly probably did look the best because they're, like, professionals at making it. And when yeah. I made it myself, it was not as clear. Um, uh-huh. But both of those options are much better than, like, the acrylic ice that I was using for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad to have Googled and stumbled upon that. I found it on Etsy actually originally. And then somebody on TikTok was like, this is silly glass. And then I'm like Googling silly glass. And that's how I found the kit. Cause I didn't even know what it's called. It's one of the, like, you don't even know what you don't know. Right. Like, 
No. I didn't know what to even yeah. search for. Um, but I yeah. did search for like fake ice that floats and that's how I found the sil- silicone. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of like a rabbit hole from there, but it looks really good, especially if it's not in a drink, if it's just like on the ground as a prop or flat layer or something like that. I find that that makes the biggest difference. Like acrylic ice in a drink is sometimes fine, especially if it's just like packed in there, like crushed ice, you can't really tell. But um, as far as like in a flat lay, the silicone definitely looks the best. Yeah, I feel like acrylic um, can be a bit tricky because it doesn't float. So you have to fill the glass. You fill it all, yeah. Full, full. yeah. That's why I was looking for a solution. I actually bought the kit, so I have oh, it. I just good. need to mix it in. Because of you, because you told me to. Like, I saw the video, so now good. I have it. But I need to mix it in. I didn't do it yet, so I'm curious. I'm very curious. Yeah, I was, like, afraid yeah. of it. It seems like a chemical, but... Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, that's why he's still standing I there. I, I don't wore, know what like, to a do mask it. and gloves, because I was like, this seems, like, really intense. But I didn't die, so it's you'll be fine. <laughs> I don't, I don't have any mask and gloves. I'll need to see. <laughs> okay. But fun. Nice. Okay. I'm very curious. Maybe just yeah. do it outside. Yeah. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. I'll do it on the yeah, balcony. Yeah. I, like I hope I won't burn through the like, floor or anything. Fumes, I feel like. And as long as you have like a plastic container for it to pour it in, that's fine. Okay. I was planning to do it. Okay, we're so going off topic, but I was planning to do it in the food container. Is that like, it's probably not a good idea? Um, I like if I wash I it forget after. the type of plastic they recommend it. It's like on the website. Okay, I should I should probably Google further about yeah. it before mixing chemicals. <laughs> Remind me after, and I'll send you the link to the one that I bought. There was okay. um, a tutorial video on how to do it. Okay, that's nice. And I can also include the link on the, yeah. on, the, on the podcast notes. So refer to the podcast notes, people. We're going to have a link there. <laughs> okay, that was the food styling because I was very curious. Um, yeah. Okay, next I wanted to talk about the commercial photos because sure. indeed you work a lot with the clients, um, with the commercial mm-hmm. clients. Um, so I was just wondering, how does your client work uh, workflow look like? Sure. So it starts with a discovery call. Once they sign a contract and we decide on a package and everything, we have um, mm-hmm. a questionnaire that they fill out where I get all the important details, like who's your target audience? What, nice. what makes your brand different than competitors? What are your brand colors? What are your goals? What do you like about your current photography? What don't you like about your current photography? What are you looking to change? You know, like very detailed. Are there any inspirational accounts? Do you have a mood board? What products do you want to feature in the photos? Like, so we get pretty specific there. And then once I get all that information from them, I come up with a very detailed shot list for them to approve. And that's where I'm coming up with all the different creative concepts for them. And that really outlines okay, what product are we using? What is the message that we're trying to get across with this piece of content? Um, What backgrounds are we using, whether it's colors or textures? What angle is the camera going to be at? What ratios are we going to crop it to? What's the lighting style? What props are we using? Like just so detailed. And then I have a space for them to leave feedback and a space for them to check it approved. So they just like look at it, they add notes like, oh, change this background color or add a product here, 
can we see another example here? And then they'll check them off as they're approved. And then from there, we do the photo shoot. Once we have those all approved, we source props and everything beforehand, do the prep work beforehand on the shoot. About 20% of my clients like to get live text updates from the shoot since they can't be there right now. And they're not always in the same geographical location as me. Um, So like I said, only about 20% because the shot list is so detailed that they don't always need a play-by-play. But it's sometimes nice, Mm -hmm. like especially if it's like a product that I haven't worked with before, you don't really know what Mm -hmm. they're looking for. Um, And it's just good to get live feedback in that way and then from there we do all the editing and retouching and deliver sick that's really professional that sounds really really good yeah yeah because I think like agreeing on the especially agreeing on the details beforehand I think that's such a good idea that I for now I'm more improvised on the shoots but then I get my client here um usually they're allowed with one extra person with the regulations so that works although I still have my assistant on shoot also anyways but um let's see how do you then um do you deliver them some sort of treatment then agreeing on the details like a presentation to show visually what it's a big spreadsheet that is able to it's called Airtable, and you're able to upload um photos so I give like a lot of visual references sometimes I mean, sometimes what you're thinking of doesn't really exist. So it's hard to find references. But in those cases, I'll just like put the exact textures and the background colors. And then I'll put like any props that we're using. And I mean, if it's really something you can't find, I'll sketch it. Um, But for the Mm -hmm. most part, like between props, backgrounds, textures, that's usually enough for them to go and like a written description that's usually enough for them to get a picture of it. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, it's definitely helpful to have it done beforehand. Like I'd say 80% of my job is just prep work and planning because I mean, it's so time consuming, but it really helps like set expectations and to get exactly what the client's looking for. Yeah, that makes sense. And then they can approve it. And then on the shoot, you know exactly what to do. You'll be like, Hey, but you approved it. Um, this is what we agreed upon, right? Like in case, because sometimes it can go wrong. I mean, not often, but it can. It can. So it's helpful to have someone to save time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that kind of helps prevent. I think what ha- what really has happened is like over the past five years, anytime there's a situation that doesn't go well, like if a client isn't happy, like I really look at it and I think, what could we have done differently through this process? Yeah to change this result, right? So adding like all these, all those things that I listed that are part of those table, the table, that's like after five years of people being like, oh, that's not the lighting I expected, or that's not quite the shade of pink that I expected. So I've kind of gotten more and more and more detailed over the years and will probably continue to evolve and get more detailed as I learn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Um, the, but like, I wonder then how do you, cause you write the shot list for them, right? Like, how do you estimate if you're going to make that in a day? Cause it's quite hard, right? Cause sometimes things just don't work the way you want. Yeah. I mean, usually like I'll just schedule us to have like a cushion of time for sure. Like mm-hmm. I may leave three days for a shoot that may only be one day just in case. 
Yeah. Right, just to mm-hmm. be sure. And then, okay, and if you're done in one day, do you still try to spread it over days? Because then you can have more time to perfection it or is the client yeah. fine then with I mean, the text that you spend Usually, with? like, because the, most of them aren't participating, it doesn't really matter when we do it as long as we get it done on time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of times they don't know how long it's taking us. They don't know if it's taking us 30 minutes or three days. Mm-hmm. Like, unless they're getting the live updates, which is, that's when I'll like block off two days, if I, you know, and we'll, I'll say like, this is the day and if yeah. we need the next day, we can take it. Um, but for the most part, they're not here. So they don't even know how long it's taking us. No, true. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Sick. I had another question happening in my head while we were talking, but I completely lost That's okay. It Crap. That was a good one. Anyways, um, yeah. But that's that's probably pretty good in Lester's because another thing I have, what I noticed is that um sometimes because I charge also, you know, kind of per hours, even though per project per hours, because I estimate how long I will take. So sometimes I tell my client that I, I like one day is not enough for me for a shoot by the amount of pictures they want. And I take, let's say, I tell them that it will take about three days. And they're like, okay, let's just do in one day as many as we fit, it will be fine. And then because of that pressure that it's so many, I I just go and try to make them all. And kind of in the end, I do it in one day, but then I push myself and I'm kind of being, how is that word? Like like punished by the fact that I actually rushed, which doesn't make any sense because they get more. Well, I I just set the number straight from the beginning. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I would say like one day, 10 images or whatever it is. And like that's yeah. always going to, like, if you get done sooner, you get done sooner. I don't know. I should just be more. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> like if they pay for 30, they get 30. If they pay for 20, they get 20. It doesn't matter how long it takes me. I mean, I try to figure that into the pricing. Of course I try, but you know, if I underestimate, that's my own fault, you know? So I try to cushion as much as possible um, because mm-hmm. you never know, like you said, what could pop up. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. trying to cushion and then adding a profit margin and everything like definitely helps in still being able to make money <laughs> and meet client expectations. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, one more question about uh, like commercial photography because I wonder like um, I'm just curious because you're US based how it is with the licensing um, there because I feel like in US it's a bit easier than in Europe because clients are aware of it isn't it because I have to educate my clients about picture licensing do you have to do that too or are they immediately I am like that pretty it's pretty unusual. Well, even like with my pricing, I think in general is pretty unusual. I think a lot of people do day rates, like you're saying, because I'm doing the photography, the styling, the production, the concept, every aspect of it. It's more of like a flat rate that includes everything, including licensing. So my pricing that I I give will include worldwide exclusive, unlimited rights. Like I just include it all and I price it high enough to be able to do that basically right okay 
because what I do is basically I include the digital use license because usually they want for social right, media. Exactly. And that's I mostly do. what they're coming to me for anyway. So I like, this is not going on a billboard in Times Square. So I'm like, whatever, you know, <laughs> um, I may be a bit too lax about it. I mean, there's probably commercial photographers listening to this being like, oh my gosh, you need to like charge extra. What are you doing? I feel like that also because like, I, I don't know, of course, how much you charge, but if, if they come with like, let's say first social, social like digital media, and then like, wow, we love it. Picture can be used for the, you know, print campaign. It's a completely different price range because now it's going to be spread everywhere. Let's say in the Netherlands yeah, I mean, or whatever. In or my that. opinion, like I'm, I feel comfortable with the amount of profit that I'm getting. Um, to to allow that to happen and honestly like for me it's just kind of like a value add for them if they decide to do that but in general like they're not using me for those types like I've never had that happen in five years I've had them like put my photo in a trade show booth that's probably like the Mm -hmm. the biggest like usage of it but um yeah I think most people are just coming to me for digital stuff so for digital, yeah, for me as well, mostly for social mm-hmm. media because now. It's yeah, exactly. So for me, I don't really worry about it. I'm just like, you know, if they like it that much that they'll put it somewhere else, that's great. I feel like I have enough profit built in to do that. So I don't know. Maybe I need to change that. But for me, it's like, well, the, it's done. <laughs> Might as well share it with more people. Yeah. Okay. Interesting completely different view as well but for sure among photographers but I'm more of a business mind than a photographer mind so I think that's why I have a little bit of a different opinion on it um to me you know if you're making enough then that's all you need (laughs) yeah makes sense okay awesome um we're coming to an end so I have like a couple more more like a closing fun questions. Um, so it seems like you're having a lot of fun um, in your work. I mean, all colors and photographing really fun setups, like a swinging, you know, the yeah. animals on the vines and stuff. So what is most fun about your work for you? I definitely like the food stuff the most. And I like um, when I have clients that are willing to kind of take risks and try something new and different um, and just kind of hand over reins that that's really the most fun for me. And especially when the products are something that I really enjoy and love myself to be able to photograph mm-hmm. them in a really unique way and to share them with others, I think is really fun. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you have some recommended books or influencers or I don't know, even courses? Cause you mentioned you followed some courses to learn uh, photography for maybe the listeners that are listening and want to improve their skills. Yeah. I mean, my course, <laughs> I'm going to plug my own course. Lately. Um, but then I love following Trisha Zemp for stop motion. She is, I think she's coming out with a lot of YouTube content now too. I think I saw that today, but she does a really exceptional job. And um, she has some courses, like if you're looking to be like really, really detailed into stop motion, that would be a good person to go to for sure. Nice. Okay. We'll check that out. Cause I never heard about it. it, Yeah. Trisha. Trisha? It's Mm -hmm. a Google, right? 
She's okay, there. Yeah, no, never heard about her. Yeah, what is there any exciting projects that you're working right now? Maybe new courses or new content or maybe I'm coming out with a things. new webinar that's going to be how to break into product photography. So mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people have been at like how do you get started in this? How do we you make money in this? So um, it's going to kind yeah. of go through like how to get started, what you need to get started and then ways that you can increase your um, earning potential. Nice. Ooh, exciting. Curious about that too. Nice. Okay. Um, I have a couple questions from the audience because I asked on Instagram, like if they have questions for you. So a couple, I picked a couple, that's okay. Um, And then. Awesome. So one was like, how long are you doing photography? But you already answered. That was like five years. Five years of my own business, probably like seven years total. Yeah. Nice. And what is best advice for the like people who um, are starting with food photography? I think it's just to create as much as you can, as often as you can. You don't need to have all the gear and equipment. You can use your phone at first to really just play around, play with different compositions, find your style, play with light, um, just and putting your work out there in the world, like not being afraid, like, oh, this isn't good enough um creating it and sharing it that's the best thing to do that's a good one yeah yeah that's amazing um yeah another one was i don't know it might be a bit too big right now but let's see um how do you find more corporate uh style clients well it's really so some people do outreach right like some people are finding these people on linkedin and sending them cold emails and pitching all the time um for me i've used social media 100 percent to do that so i'm creating content um and reaching people that then see it and hire me so i'm spending my time creating more than outreach but it really is all personal preference and finding what works for you I think starting with like friends family like any type of warm lead that you have like if it's somebody you've worked with in the past or offering to do things for a local business um, starting in that way to build your portfolio I think is the best thing that you can do and just like continuing to put that work out there and then that way you can then maybe you're going to email a bigger brand and say, Oh, look at this work that I did for this brand. Like I'd love to do that for you too. Yeah. So it's really like building your portfolio is really the best way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Oh, one more question that somebody asked if you use auto balance, like auto white balance on your camera. And if you use the color checker, when you capture your, images. I don't use auto white balance. I use um, daylight because I'm using um, strobe lights. So that's what I set it to. And that's what it works works for me. Awesome. Okay, these were all questions from the audience. So the last question is, where can the listeners find you and follow your content? Sure, so you can learn more at lishcreative.com, lishcreative on TikTok, and lishcreative and lishylishy on Instagram. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was so interesting to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for joining me.